You are listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. To Faithful Men is a project that started in 2006 to digitize and preserve old sermon and study tapes of Elder Wally Flanagan, Elder Hassel Wallace, and Elder Mike Strevel. They were pastors and teachers, and they studied to teach and train up others to continue in the ways of truth. I am thankful to be able to provide you with these sermons and studies, and I hope they will be a blessing to you. Tonight we begin a study in the book of Revelation. The book is entitled, according to the King James Version, The Revelation of St. John the Divine. Of course, verse 1 says, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, it can't be both. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ and written by John. No St. John the Divine. It doesn't say John the Apostle. It doesn't say John the Prophet. Yet, it indicates that he is a prophet. Uh, We'll study that later. But in order to understand the book of Revelation, first we'll... Go, uh, look at the background of the book. What I consider one must have some knowledge before he can understand the book as a whole. And, and that uh, is based on uh, what is known as apocalyptical literature, its place, its effect on Daniel, if any, uh, or John, if any, and how is it related. Or at least uh, what is the, the understanding of this literature will uh, put you in the frame of mind and give you the understanding that these people had that were members of these churches in Asia Minor. Now, <clears throat> uh, I know there's a lot of people that don't believe that Revelation is uh, should be in the Bible. Luther didn't. Zwingli did. Luther said there's no trace of Christianity in it. He said, and Zwingli says it's not a biblical book. Now their purpose in stating that, the reason they came to that conclusion was they identified it all together with this literature that I'm talking about, this apocalyptical literature. And uh, they said if you take the book of Revelation that you would have to believe in two resurrections. And they say that as though it was startling, amazing, that you'd have to believe in two resurrections. And, well, I admire Luther and Zwingli both. I think they're a lot more honest than the average amillennialist because they denied that it was the Word of God, but they admitted if it was the Word of God, they'd have to believe that in two resurrections separated by a millennium. And because they didn't believe in the millennium, because they didn't believe in two resurrections, they said, well, now here I start in the book of Daniel and the book of Isaiah. I read about a resurrection from the dead, a resurrection of both the just and unjust. And I come with the gospel of John in New Testament times. And they say, well, I read where Jesus said, there will be a resurrection of all that are in the graves will come forth. They'll hear his voice. And they say they'll hear his voice at the same time. They'll come forth at the same time. John didn't say that, but they say John did say that the just and the unjust would rise. All that are in the grave would rise. And that's all he said. But they said, now then, we'll go on down to 
to Paul's day, to First Thessalonians, and they say, well, uh, Paul uh, speaks of the coming of Christ and he speaks of the resurrection, uh, but only one resurrection. And then they say, well, when we get to uh, Revelation, we'll have to believe in two resurrections because here, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first. See? And, uh, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Then uh, after the thousand years was finished, here's another group that came to life. Uh, so they were forced, uh, they said, well, we'd be forced to, to change our theology. We'd have to go all the way back to Daniel and change the whole structure of what we believe. Just on one word that occurs, one verse that occurs in next to the last chapter of the Bible. And they said, we can't accept that because Paul didn't say anything about it. Uh, John didn't say anything about it. Uh, and they don't believe that John... Of course, the apostle wrote it. They just say this is some John. Well, I don't know who wrote it. All I know is the man's name was John. Uh, I know uh, from the uh, internal uh, contents that he was known by these churches in Asia Minor. And he called himself their brother. And, of course, therefore, they, they recognized who, uh, what, whoever the John was. But now... The point, the point I'm saying, uh, getting at is that uh, the reason why some people don't like Revelation is because it affects their eschatology, their doctrine of, of the future. And they can't reconcile what's said in this book with what they have already formed about the future when they get to this book. And it is a, a neglected book. But now, uh, what is apocalyptic literature? 200 years before Christ was born and 100 years after Christ was born there were a lot of Jewish uh, people who steadfastly believed in the Jewish hope. That consisted that the Jewish race was the number one race. They were first. They were on the totem pole. They were the only ones that God was interested in. And they believed that their God uh, was the only God that should be worshipped. They believed that uh, the day would come when they would rule the world. They believed that they would, uh, the day would come when the desert uh, would blossom. They believed that the earth would be fertile. They believed that, the, that uh, it would be so fertile that that a vine would uh, produce uh, 10,000 vines and each vine would have a cluster and each cluster would have uh, a, a 1,000 grapes and each grape would make 120 gallons of wine. Now, buddy, they, that, that was something. Money. Well, now, that's what they believed. They, they, they reveled in that fact. What they did, they'd take promises made by Isaiah and they'd add to it. They'd blow it up. It was so good when they heard it, well, when they told it, because they didn't have his writings. They heard somebody tell it. Well, time it got down here, uh, instead of saying what Isaiah said, well, man, oh, we're going to reign. We're going to, uh, God is going to come and he's going to destroy our enemies and we'll reign in righteousness. Well, now that's, and they got theirs bit by bit, little by little by word of mouth. And these Jews, 
After they came back from Babylonian captivity, however, it looked like that their hope was destined to failure every time because captivity was looked like their end. God would bring judgment. Then, uh, upon their release and return to uh, to Jerusalem, why it wasn't long till they was overrun again. Here comes Antiochus Epiphanes, and then God raises up the Maccabees, and the apocalyptic literature began to flow in this period of time. And uh, oh, the purpose of it and the manner in which it was written was this. The writer would uh, put himself back in history and would write, he would start writing in a time that he had, he had observed. And he wrote it as though it was prophecy, though he was writing history up to a certain point. And he'd get to that point and since he had, since he predicted everything true back here, up what he knew about, see, then he would forecast and he would make predictions of the future. And he would use past history, uh, for the validity of getting people to believe what he said. And all of these books were, uh, uh no man, the person that wrote it, no one would ever sign his name to it. He, uh, he would sign a name like Moses, or Enoch, or Barnabas, or Ezra, uh, or some great Elijah, some great name in Jewish literature, see, in order to, uh, to uh, make it respectable and acceptable among the Jews. But in all of them, regardless of what name they used, all of them expressed this one hope. That they were living in this age. This age now had become evil. They didn't see any way of being delivered. Uh, they thought, uh, and yet they hadn't turned their back on God. They still believed God was going to come to their rescue. Uh, but they said, well, he's not going to come in this world. Uh, he's not going to send us a David. And they expected to follow David. They expect David to be their shepherd according to uh, Ezekiel 34, you know. And, uh, and... Uh, they expected uh, to have a time of plenty and prosperity uh, under a human king. Uh, but that didn't uh, develop, so they had to adjust themselves to, to the facts in which they lived. And so they wrote, in the future they said God was going to come out of heaven and the Son of Man. And the first time we run into that is in the book of Daniel, you know, the expression Son of Man. The Son of Man was the term that was used by the apocalyptic writers. They, they, uh, uh, forecast that he was, they said that he was never created. He had always lived with God. And God was going to send him to be their deliverer. And he was going to come out of heaven and, and, and come to their aid and to their rescue. But it would be in the age to come. They thought this age was evil. And they thought the age that was to come would be wholly good. And that the generation that lived in those days would be a uh, good generation. And a generation that would worship God. Well, uh, <clears throat> now they would sign. And you want to notice that part uh, about apocalyptic literature. They always used a pseudo name. It was 
they used somebody else's name. They had forged somebody's name to it. And they, uh, uh, they always, every time they're persecuted, if some nation uh, like uh, Antiochus Epiphanes and uh, others that came up, uh, the early Roman uh, uh, emperors, why every time they'd persecute the Jew, why they would cry, they pray the uh, Psalms uh, that prayed the, uh, vengeance upon their enemy. And they believed that God was going to uh, put an end to them. And their final belief was, uh, with reference to the resurrection and the uh, and the millennium, the resurrection they believed that some of them, the, the most devout, self-righteous group, only believed that the righteous Jew would be raised. The rest of the Jews would remain, they just died and they died as a dog. Then there were others uh, expressed in their writings that all of the Jews would be raised. And then in the later days, uh, in the A.D., the 100 years after Christ, some began to write that even the Gentiles would be raised and all that are in the graves would uh, come forth. They limited the all and the many in uh, uh, Daniel 12 uh, to, to uh, the many Jews, you see, just just Jews. Well, the millennium, as uh, far as the uh, these writers were concerned, uh, most of them believed it would be forever. And they used... Uh, Daniel, cited Daniel 7 uh, as proof, 13, 14, that God would give him a king, this son of man, you know, comes to that, and that's where they get their, that, that son of man is their, uh, their deliverer, that's who they're looking for. They don't think he's the Messiah, they're not looking for a savior, they're not looking for one that'll die, they're looking for one that will put down the enemy by force, see, and reign. Now they had some scripture, they had a lot of scripture mixed up in their writings. And then they had a lot of error uh, mixed with it, you see. But now, uh, they believe, others among them believed that the millennium would only last 400 years. And they based it on the, the on Genesis 15, uh, uh, 13, and, uh, and uh, Psalms 90, 15. Uh, so that was a prediction that uh, the children of Israel would, would go down into captivity 400 years. It'd be there 400 years. See, that's what Abraham predicted. All right. The 90th Psalm, they're praying that far as long as they were in captivity, God would grant them gladness and peace and righteousness, prosperity. For the same length of time, and because of that, because of that expression in Psalms, they interpret it uh, and they say, well, now then they were there 400 years, God's going to reward them uh, the same uh, period of time. And then the age would continue, but there would be the what they call the, the millennium, this reign under the Son of Man uh, would last 400 years. Now, uh, I don't know, you might not be interested in it, but I've got a lot of things written here that's excerpts from uh, apocalyptic literature that, uh, that'll give you that I can, uh, uh, it's just a, a notation from these books. Uh, their Messiah was a divine person who was to come from another world. Uh, and they used Enoch, 48 books, 
line 3 and 6. 62nd book, line 7. And Ezra, that's uh, not Ezra, it's 13th chapter. There are not that many chapters in the book of Ezra. Uh, 25 and 26. Alright? He will put down the mighty kings. Enoch, 42, 2 and 6. 48, 2 to 9. 62, 5 to 9. 69, 26 to 29. Now, these different verses, different lines, by some translation they'll be called verses, some they'll have it numbered by nine. Some will call, be called chapters, and some will be uh, referred to as books. So uh, you, you may have to do some hunting, but uh, it, it, of course these excerpts are taken from different, uh, different books. Now, they believed in the return that Elijah would return and uh, announce the coming of the Son of Man. They believed that he'd get up on a mountain in, uh, in Jerusalem and his voice would be so strong that they would hear it from Dan to Beersheba. Announce that there must, the Son of Man had come. Well, they also believed in the, a time of travail, a time of sorrow, a time of, of terror and uh, turmoil. And uh, they uh, they quote uh, they quote Mark thirteen eight and Zephaniah one fourteen uh, as proof, and Matthew twenty four. They even quote the New Testament for their support. And then uh, the Sibylline Oracles. The Sibylline Oracles was a feminine writer, and uh, uh, and it's one of the best, the highest grade. Uh, of the uh, apocalyptic literature, uh, Baruch, Sibylline Articles, Maccabees, Ezra, and uh, Barnabas uh, are some of the better uh, uh, books. Well, uh, they believed that the world was going to come apart. It'd be disintegrated. They believed it would, uh, 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 that, that it would, they, and they cited Joel, talking about the earth splitting and Zechariah, the mountains being divided in two, you know, from Mediterranean Sea to the uh, uh, to the Dead Sea. And you find that in the Sibylline articles in Book Three, uh, eighty-three to eighty-nine. Then. Uh, uh, they believed that the seasons would be affected before the Son of Man would come, uh, and that you couldn't tell the seasons. And they believed that uh, the time would come when it wouldn't be light or would, wouldn't be dark. And uh, they, that's in the Sibylline Articles, chapter 3, uh, line 796 to 806. And then... They taught that the brothers, uh, that brothers would slay themselves, would kill one another, and that the parents would kill their sons, their children, from uh, from what dawn they had till uh, till dusk. Uh, and uh, Enoch, uh, one hundred, verse uh, line one and two. That's what he says about. It. That was that's where he describes what they'll do. Then. They believed that uh, when the Son of Man came back, would come, there would be a judgment. 
And in Enoch, um, book 69, uh, verse 27, uh, he says that the Son of Man is coming and he will destroy all sinners on, on the face of the earth. Then, in the Sibylline article, chapter 3, uh, lines 663 to 672, uh, he's, uh, she says that the Gentiles... Uh, kings will surround Jerusalem and the end will be the final destruction for the Gentile kings. says so this is one time that Jerusalem is going to be conquered instead of uh, the siege see, uh, reversing the table. Uh, and then they believed that the Jews would be regathered. Uh, Baruch chapter 5, 5 to 9. And he says uh, that the hills will be uh, leveled, the valleys will be filled up, and the shade trees will just march along, affording the Jews shade when they're coming back to Jerusalem, uh, when God would regather. See? All right? Uh, they believed in the last days, Baruch uh, 4, 2 to 6, and 4th Ezra, uh, 10, 44 to 49, and uh, they said, in the last days, the new Jerusalem will come down and God will dwell forever. Alright? Uh, then, uh, uh, then uh, the resurrection of the dead, I quoted, I, I referred to that a while ago, and the Messianic kingdom, I referred to that. Now then, uh, now let me, out of this group of apocalyptic literature, let me state the, uh, 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 just put it down as what their hope was. Uh, first of all, that Judah and Israel will be reunited. That was one of the, one of their chief hopes. Uh, and they based that, uh, Isaiah 11, uh, 13, and Hosea 1, 11 says it will be the days coming when Israel and Judah will be, re be reunited. And they taught that the earth will become uh, very fertile. The wilderness would uh, uh, be a field, uh, as fertile as a field. I, and they quoted Isaiah 32, 15. And that the gardens would be as a garden of Eden. And they quoted Isaiah 51, 3. And that the desert would rejoice and blossom as a rose. And they quoted uh, Isaiah 35, verse 1. And then the fruit uh, would yield uh, a ten thousandfold, and that each vine, each uh, 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 vine would produce a thousand branches, each branch a thousand clusters, and each cluster a thousand grapes, and each grape will, will give a thousand core of wine. A core uh, is equivalent to 120 gallons. Second Baruch chapter 29, verse 5 to 8. I'd like to have some of them great for you. Verse, uh, and then they, they believed that all wars would cease. Isaiah, and they quoted Isaiah 11, 69, 65, 25, and that the day would come when kings would be friendly with, with each other. Sibylline Oracles, chapter 3, lines 751 to 760. And then that there would be peace between man and beast. And they quoted Isaiah 11, 69, 65, 25. Talking about the lion and the lamb. 
from the child, playing with, uh, with animals, you see, and even serpents. All right, and they predicted their uh, their hope was that that would be the end of all sorrow and pain and weariness, and nothing but joy would uh, would reign. And they cite Isaiah 65 to prove that there would be no longer any untimely deaths and no sickness. And they quoted Isaiah 34:24. And then Mr. Baruch says. Uh, book 73 and book 74 verses 2 and 4 uh, he says death will be swallowed up in victory anxiety anguish and lamentation will pass away childbirth painless reaper will not grow weary and the builder will not be toil worn in other words a man can work all day and not be tired you see he he never had to sit down and rest. And then, uh, age of righteousness. And that's what they were looking for. And Psalm of Solomon. Not the Song of Solomon, but Psalm of Solomon. Uh, and it says that the age under the Son of Man would be an age of righteousness, would be a good generation and the living, and they would all live in the fear of the Lord. Uh, that's uh, Psalm of Solomon, book 17, 28 to 49, and book 18, 9 and 10. All right. Now, uh, you see the purpose of me, uh, the reason why I want you to be acquainted that, that this was extracts from this type of writings. And you can see that there is some semblance uh, to the book of Revelation. Revelation is an apocalyptic book. Daniel is apocalyptic book. But now then notice, what makes them apocalyptic is that they write under assumed name. They write in history that they had already experienced, and they write about their experiences and cast it in a prophetic mold, prophetic view, and write it as though it's to come to pass, to give them uh, uh, to give them uh, respectability uh, and make them think that well now he knows what he's talking about see and that's the reason why all of your critical commentators will tell you that the book of Daniel ends with the time of uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. there's not a, a modern scholar today uh, from driver uh, and uh, uh, far and uh, men Men like that, uh, they, they didn't believe. Uh, see, they, they don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe that Daniel could forecast the future. And they say that whoever wrote the book of Daniel was a pious Jew, see, who was living under the influence of this uh, of these uh, writers, and uh, Jewish writers, and it, it expresses a hope. And they don't put any... The only reason why they uh, will even write on the book of Daniel is, well, it's there and uh, we'll get whatever moral lesson we can out of the book of Daniel and that's all, and that's all there is to it. And that's just about what the idealist does with the book of Revelation. The idealist uh, takes the statement of the signified it or signs, the symbols, and said, well, now then, since it's here, now you look at that. 
God says it's a symbol, so you got to uh, uh, interpret it as a symbol. And they say it's a symbol of good uh, and evil forces. And they apply it, they don't apply it to time at all. Thank you for listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others and help our ratings by giving us five stars and writing a review within your podcast app. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also.